Hey, how you doing? I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson. It is the 14th of December, day 14 of Daniel Ruiz Tyson's Advent Calendar 24 daily podcast to take you right up to Christmas as I look to see if it is possible for me to ever love Christmas again like I did back in my younger days. Today I chatted to my friend Mickey Boyd about re-engaging with Christmas. I wanted to confirm to myself that the way I've chosen to do it, revisiting old haunts and Christmas memories, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't the wrong way to go about trying to re-engage with a festive period before I continue this way of doing things. I began by asking Mickey how he himself continues to engage with Christmas. Long walks uh, you know, through areas that you once lived is a great thing to rediscover where, you know, like get that childhood feeling, again, the smell, the the way the sun is at that time of year, everything, that sort of feeling of being a kid again. And you, you, you'll soon discover it, I think. Because that's why I do. I drive through where, we, where I grew up in Stockwell and that helps. But is there the danger then that if you re-engage with Christmas, you're re-engaging with nostalgia rather than than Christmas itself? Is it not possible to discover Christmas in a new way for Christmas to come to mean something positive that, you know, to be different to what it was, but just as good? But I think also Christmas is nostalgia, so to revisit it, you bring it back and then you can change it, but you can't change it until you go back, in my mind. Anything like that, that applies to most things in life. You lost your parents over a long period of time, over 20 years. Uh, did Christmas change for you when you lost your dad as a, as, as a teenage boy? Massively, yeah, because obviously, you, you know, you've got that, you know, there was five of us together and then that massive anchor leaves you and then you just, Christmas changes, you, it all becomes about your mother. Instead of being looked after, you start looking after her and taking care of her, so the dynamics change and you become a little bit more grown up, a bit quicker than your peers. You're a dad also. Is it easier to hang on to Christmas when you're a parent? I would say I'm a bit unique. Not unique, but I think me and my um, ex-partner didn't share the same thoughts on Christmas. So in that respect, my children didn't get the Christmas I wanted them to get. What kind of Christmas did you want them I to wanted get? to go down the more traditional line, whereas my ex-partner didn't. So I would have gone for the more quiet, you know, like I would have had Christmas music playing in the background... And the more sedate Christmas, whereas my uh, ex didn't want that. So it's a bit of a shame, but there you go. I don't think I'll ever get that opportunity unless I have grandchildren. But even then, the input won't be as great. Every day I open a door to my advent calendar. If you're listening to this on iTunes, then visit holdfastnetwork.com where you'll be able to see the pictures behind the doors each day. And behind today's door is a picture of a Woolworths store from 2008 when the stores were all closing down as the global recession began to claim some more big scalps. And it is Woolies I'm going to talk about today. And in particular, one store very close to my heart. Woolworths Clapham Junction, where I worked as a Saturday boy from 1987 to 1990. Store 34, 40 to 44 St. John's Road. The original store opened in 
1914, one of a number of stores that opened around the time of the Great War. This store became very special to me as things worsened at home during that period and I began to move from college to college after leaving school. Much in the same way I would move from job to job, the store became increasingly important to me. It almost became my life, actually. I'd originally got the Saturday job in April 87, helped largely uh, by my neighbour's son, David, who I think he was working as a section manager at the Woolworths in Clapham High Street. He then moved on to work in... Uh, in Salisbury's, just a couple of doors away from Woolworths in Clapham Junction. He knew one of the managers at the junction. He put in a word for me. The interview was effectively a formality. I'd overheard my dad after I got the job telling my mum that I wouldn't last a year, which was one of the most hurtful things I'd ever heard him say. I never told him I'd heard him, but I never forgot it. And from then on, really, after starting the job, it really all became about trying to hang on to the job for as long as I could to prove him wrong. I had no illusions about working my way up in the store. I just wanted to prove my dad wrong. I could see where he was coming from. I was clumsy. I was lazy. Both traits were evident from early on. And I did struggle on the shop floor. I exasperated my supervisors. I was very slow to pick up the till training was very shy at first with my colleagues. I dreaded lunch times. I, I've never liked eating in public. Never been that comfortable. I'm much better now. There's nothing wrong with my mastication technique. It's just something I'm not very comfortable with. So I tended to avoid eating in the staff canteens. You know, which was uh, that was an opportunity to get to know colleagues, and uh, it took me ages, which has always been the case in all my jobs. I very rarely get to know people quickly. Saturday lunchtimes were spent trying to work out what I would do for lunch, where I would eat to avoid being seen eating. I think that stems from the fact we never ate together as a family. My dad refused to have anyone see him eat after 1980. 1980, I think, was a big year for my dad. It was his first attempt to shut out Christmas. It was his last trip to the cinema I cannot overstate how much The Empire Strikes Back damaged him. He just didn't go to the cinema again. And uh, it was his last meal with the family as such. So uh, my sister and I would always have to eat first and then he'd come into the kitchen and eat. And I think that lack of comfort eating around people probably impacted on me in later years. As I got older and he moved to the bedsit downstairs, he'd invite me down for a meal and after I finished eating on my own, he would ask me to leave his bedsit as he was then going to eat. My sister, meantime, she once had to take her own meal upstairs after accepting an invite from him owing to the fact that having invited her down for dinner, my dad had realised what with all his college paperwork and world clocks, he didn't have the room to accommodate a second diner. Woolworths Clapham Junction was probably the best time of my life. I had that mix of college and Woolies. I made so many friends. The late 80s, early 90s, probably more so the late 80s, they were an interesting time for me, the closest I've ever come to being an extrovert. I was at that age where by the end of your first night with someone, they felt like your best friend. I was out with people from Woolies almost every weekend. Physically, I found it 
a tough job. The manager gave me nightmares. We both started on the same day in April 87. It took him a while to become aware of me. I think one by one his most effective Saturday boys had left. And about 18 months in, suddenly he became aware of me. Suddenly he was having to turn to me for the first time to do a lot of the heavy lifting. I remember he had loud heels which filled me with terror because you could hear him coming down the aisles. I was in charge of gardening right at the back of the store. I'd lose myself up on the roof, watering all the plants. Friday nights at home I was filled with terror, a legacy of which is a terror really of working anywhere to this day. I just would not sleep on a Friday. I dreaded the Saturdays, especially if I got the early lunch. There was 11.30, 12.30 and 1.30. In years to come, I learned the secret of working was to kill the morning and take your lunch as late as possible. Christmas in Store 34 was magical, absolutely magical. And that's why I'm talking about it here on this uh, 14th day. It's one of those memories that... I'm talking about one of those picturesque memories specific to Christmas, like trying to get up those six snow-filled steps to uh, an ex-girlfriend's house, things that you think, well, that's Christmas. And I can't think of something more Christmassy than working in a store on Christmas Eve, surrounded by shoppers, and the nights have drawn in, it's cold out, and there's Christmas music blaring out of the speakers, And as much as it horrified me, the thought of working there in the build-up to Christmas, once you were there, it was just, it was incredible. 1988, Christmas Eve fell on a Saturday, so that was the first ever Christmas Eve I had to work. I don't remember too much about that one. We'd had a Christmas party that year at Woolworths, I had a great time there. But I do remember more about the next Christmas at Woolworths. I remember pulling a section manager out of a street fight on St. John's Road. He'd apprehended a a young kid stealing something from the record department and he was out there. The the kid wasn't coming in easily. The section manager ended up getting a cut on his chin. I reflected later on how cute the store manager had been to send me out a then 16-year-old kid to save the section manager rather than go out himself. But it is one of the few Christmas fantasies I still have. That of working in a large department store on Christmas Eve. I still have this hankering to be a Father Christmas. I know that while the lack of paunch could have been tackled, there would have been little compensating for the lack of personality. Children would have found me to have been a very aloof Father Christmas. But I would have kept my wig and beard on at all times. They would not have suffered their own Morley's 77 moment. I worked at store 34 for three and a half years. Good times. It was a mistake on my part to leave in the summer of 90. The jobs that followed were just as bad. I never had as many friends as I did back in those Woolies days. And it set in place a a pattern of making difficult decisions, of cutting my own nose off to spite my face. Many decisions since then have been made which didn't need to be made. Let's do this again tomorrow. Daniel Ruiz Tyson's Advent Calendar is a Holdfast Network production. Visit holdfastnetwork.com or download the show on iTunes. For more of Daniel's work, visit 1607westegg.wordpress.com and you can follow him on Twitter at 1607westegg.